From Spotify, this is Dissect, long-form musical analysis broken into short, digestible episodes. This is episode 11 of our season-long examination of Tyler, the Creator's Eagle. I'm your host, Cole Kushner. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. Brake kits, LED lights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Last time I dissect, we examined Igor's penultimate track, I Don't Love You Anymore. It was there Tyler repeated the mantra, I don't love you anymore in a moment of finality, the formal farewell to his love after finding peace with things ending on Gone Gone Thank You. In this way, I Don't Love You Anymore felt like a natural conclusion to the album's narrative, with Tyler saying goodbye, letting this door close in order to open the window of new opportunities ahead. However, as we noted last episode, Tyler also expresses confusion and aimlessness on the song, calling to mind the vulnerable emotional state in the immediate aftermath of breaking up, where often our head and heart struggle to align. In Tyler's case, his head knows he needs to move on, but his heart is battling the reality of this guy being completely absent from his life. Thus, Tyler entertains a compromise of sorts on Igor's next and final track, the subject of our episode today, Are We Still Friends? Are We Still Friends was produced by Tyler Acoma and features a guest verse by Pharrell Williams. Notably, the song contains long instrumental stretches without original vocals. When performing the song live for the first time, Tyler explained why. A lot of the music that I love, shit, a lot of it is mostly instrumental. And it made me realize, oh, I don't always have to say something. Sometimes we get caught up in filling voids. That's not even a void. That's just how it's supposed to be. Like, so when I wrote this album, I was like, let me just let the synthesizers talk. I don't always have to add a 16 or add vocals. Let the, let the instrumental speak for itself. I'll put my voice and my personality in the way that the drums and the bass hit. And um, sometimes that's really hard. Even in relationships, if shit doesn't work out, you feel like you have to fill that void. So even a piece of that void being filled feels good. So even if y'all not like a thing, at least being friends is, a, is an option. And uh, 
I wrote this song. As Tyler explains here, a big evolution in his songwriting and production was the revelation that not every space needs to be filled, particularly with vocals. Sometimes the music itself is the most powerful communicator of emotions, of expressing what words cannot. Thus, Are We Still Friends contains several stretches of instrumental music, and in this way brings Igor full circle, as its opening track Igor's theme was also mostly instrumental. And like A Boy is a Gun, Are We Still Friends heavily relies on samples, specifically samples of Al Green's 1977 song called Dream. Given Tyler's monologue we just heard, we ought to investigate Al Green's dream a bit in order to find out why he chose this song to end his album with, and how it might express or represent what he was feeling, so much so that he didn't feel the need to augment it with too many of his original vocals. The song titled Dream is heard repeatedly in the sample used in Are We Still Friends, and in the song's second verse, Al Green expands on what he means by dream, singing, Dream, dream I'm the one you know, dream a new and different stroke, just dream, we can make it all come true. I want to know, I want to take me with you. Then in the song's refrain, he sings, Make it last forever. Take me along with you. In a dream, you can make it last forever. I want to go with you. Throughout this season, we've observed how the sample sources on Igor almost always reflect in some way what's happening either emotionally or narratively. And Al Green's dream is no different, as his dream of being with a lover forever provides an interesting thematic backdrop to the finale track of Igor. It's the first of a few signs that Tyler may not actually be ready to move on like we've been led to believe. Perhaps Tyler is simply allowing this relationship to live in a dream state and nothing more. Perhaps his dream is to simply be friends, as the thought of this person totally gone from his life is simply too painful to bear. But there's also the possibility that this dream reveals an ulterior motive behind his sudden desire to remain friends, as it leaves the door slightly ajar to the possibility of them one day becoming more than friends, the dream of one day becoming lovers again, of giving things another chance. And because Al Green's dream is such a foundational element of Are We Still Friends, listening to the song almost feels like we're witnessing Tyler himself listening to Dream alone in his car or bedroom, reflecting the common experience of using music to help process and cope with the heartache of a breakup. But beyond Dream's lyrics, there's also its music to consider, because as Tyler said, sometimes the music itself speaks louder than any words. Beginning with the song's rhythm, Dream is written in what's called a 6-8 time signature. This is significant because every song on Igor to this point has been in the most common time signature of 4-4, where each measure is defined by four quarter notes, counted in groups of four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, contrast to this 4-4 time signature, a 6-8 time signature has 6 eighth notes per measure, counted in groups of 6. Six. 6-8 is what's called a compound meter, because despite being divided in groups of 6, the feel of the time signature is two big beats with accents on beats 1 and 4. This will make more sense when you hear it. I'll play the same excerpt again, and I'll alternate counting in groups of six and groups of two. Music in 6-8 tends to have a dance-like lilt, 
and when executed at a slower or moderate tempo like Are We Still Friends, the beat kind of sways back and forth, like a basic slow dance. It's for this reason that 6-8 is great for what are known as power ballads, a rock song type characterized by a slower tempo, emotional vocals, and a grandiose production that often begins soft and builds to a powerful climax. Perhaps the most famous song in 6-8 that meets this criteria is Queen's We Are the Champions. As you listen, notice how the slow back and forth swing provided by the 6-8 time signature makes the perfect soundtrack for a group of people swaying back and forth together in celebration of a victory. A more recent example of a power ballad in 6-8 time is Billie Eilish's Happier Than Ever, a song that begins extremely soft before giving way to a gigantic swaying 6-8 climax. In both We Are The Champions and Happier Than Ever, we hear how a swaying 6-8 time signature paired with powerful production and soaring vocals can provide a sense of climax and finality, which is why both songs were the closing numbers of Queen and Billie Eilish's respective live shows. Even Al Green's Dream was placed as the final track of its album, likely for this reason, an attribute that Tyler no doubt recognized as he builds on Dream's feeling of finality for his own final number. Just listen to how the end of the song captures a similar feeling to both We Are The Champions and Happier Than Ever. Now the swaying 6-8 time of Are We Still Friends is paired with a four chord progression that repeats throughout the majority of the song. An F major 7, F dominant 7, B flat major 7, and B flat minor. Now here it is in full. This is actually a chord progression beloved by many songwriters, as it's used in some of the most well-known songs of all time. Here's just a handful of songs it's found in, beginning with Frankie Valli's classic Can't Take My Eyes Off of You. You're just too good to be true Can't take my eyes off of you You'd be like heaven to touch. I wanna hold you so much. Now here it is in Build Me Up Buttercup by the Foundation. And now part of your world from the Little Mermaid. Up where they walk, up where they run, up where they stay all day in the sun, wandering free. And we can even hear it as far back as 1902's The Entertainer by Scott Joplin. Now, there's a few reasons why this chord progression has stood the test of time. For one, it's sonically interesting, as two of the four chords are borrowed chords. As we talked about earlier this season, when you're working within a specific key signature, there's a standard set of seven basic chords that belong to that key. A borrowed chord is what it's called when you use a chord that isn't a part of that standardized set, because you're quote-unquote borrowing it from another key. Are We Still Friends is in the key of F major, which is also the first chord of the progression. Then it moves to a borrowed chord, an F dominant 7. This is a chord of tension, and in this context is known as a secondary dominant chord, which just means that there's a specific chord that it wants to resolve to. And that specific chord is a B-flat major, the next chord in the progression. Lastly, we get our second borrowed chord, a B-flat minor chord. 
This move from the B-flat major to a borrowed B-flat minor chord is to me the equivalent of a musical sigh, tinged with melancholy. Now the reason why this four chord progression sounds so smooth despite having two chords that technically don't belong in the key is because it's constructed around what's called a descending chromatic line. As we covered in our episode on Puppet, a descending chromatic line is a sequence of notes that move downward to the closest neighboring note below it, even when some of those notes don't belong in the key signature. Chromatic lines like this help with using borrowed chords more smoothly, as it allows you to sort of ease into the wrong notes with the correct notes directly next to them. Because you're not leaping randomly to the wrong notes, our ears register it as smooth yet surprising. Specifically in this chord progression, the descending chromatic line works as the backbone or anchor of the progression. I'll play the line isolated again, then I'll accent it within the full progression. Now, as we pointed out in our puppet episode, chromatic descending lines often convey a feeling of melancholy. But in this particular progression, because we're getting a balanced mix of major and minor chords, as well as an equal balance of chords of tension and chords of resolution, the resulting feeling, at least to my ears, is one of mixed emotions, the musical equivalent of bittersweet. It's an emotional and musical middle ground that seems to perfectly capture exactly what Tyler is feeling, as he approaches this bittersweet end hoping to find an emotional middle ground with his ex friends are we still friends can we be friends are we still friends tyler sings the song's brief refrain asking a similar question two ways there's a subtle progression between the two as are we still friends is an objective question about the state of the relationship while can we be friends feels more like a plea implying that tyler's the one that wants to be friends Despite his best intentions here, we sense a tinge of desperation, and we can't help but worry that Tyler might be in danger of slipping back into the troublesome, imbalanced relationship dynamics the album began with. Recall that it was there that Tyler was emotionally controlled by his crush, catering his behavior to serve him. Asking can we be friends feels like a regression, giving the power dynamics back to the guy, which feels a bit crushing when we've seen Tyler working so hard to regain his autonomy on the second half of the album. But with that said, it's kind of hard to blame him. We all understand the temptation to remain friends with our once beloved, especially when we're freshly vulnerable after the breakup. It seems wrong, unfair, or even illogical that someone that we cared for so much, someone that we truly loved, is suddenly relegated to a stranger. And we often can't help but feel there must be a gray area, some middle ground the relationship can sustainably exist on. Unfortunately, that isn't always the case. Sometimes the chemistry between two people is unavoidably polarizing so intense that feelings of love, passion, or attraction cannot be avoided, and thus things always eventually escalate emotionally and or sexually. And having played that version of the relationship out to its failed conclusion, there's almost always risk involved when attempting to sustain a friendship, as it allows that door to remain open, however slightly, potentially trapping you in a toxic loop of friendship followed by passion followed by heartbreak. Whether consciously or not, this is the risk Tyler's willing to take here at the end of Igor, and again, we can't help but feel a little concerned for him given how many emotional strides he's taken to break free from this guy and find peace with things ending. Now, as Are We Still Friends continues, we get a brief two-measure interruption of sorts, where the swinging 6-8 feel stops and we hear this four-note sequence. Are we still friends? I've got to know. 
We also heard this same sequence begin the track on Igor's familiar distorted bass tone. What's interesting about this riff is that it disrupts that swinging 6-8 feel we talked so much about earlier. This example shows us how the same unit of time or measure of music can be manipulated and felt in different ways. The tempo or the time signature doesn't change, but the way we feel it does. Tyler's manipulation of 6-8 time here in this riff provides an unpredictable moment of suspension, almost as if the music is winding itself up only to release again into the 6-8 swing, which now feels reinvigorated due to the contrast between it and the straight four-note riff. Are We Still Friends dips into a softer register, where Tyler at first talks his way through what might be the closest thing we have to a verse on the song. He says, if we can still see each other, shake your hand, say hi. He then breaks into a more of a singing cadence to say, I can't stop you, I can't rock to, I've been back there and I cannot die to. While the phrasing here is vague, the consequences of going back quote-unquote there is death. When considered with I can't stop you and the central tension of this relationship throughout Igor, we can infer that Tyler here means that he cannot live his life wearing a mask. He cannot live pretending to be something that he's not. As he says, he's been back there. He's lived that closeted, scared life, and it led him to unhappiness and loneliness, which as we've discussed this season was largely documented on his previous album, Flower Boy. Having made that arduous journey and rewarded with freedom, he can't imagine going back there, can't imagine regressing. Clearly, Tyler's crush has not reached that place yet, and saying, I can't stop you, conveys an understanding that each of us are traveling on our own path at our own pace. But at the same time, Tyler can't rock to. He can't rock with or live that life alongside him. And thus, the question remains, can they be friends? Are we still friends? Can we be friends? Are we still friends? We'll be back right after the break. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Look to your left, look to your right. Yep, no one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED lights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to Dissect. Before the break, we heard the second repetition of Are We Still Friends, where Tyler asks his former crush and himself if a friendship is possible between them. After this refrain, the song transitions into a softer bridge section, where the Al Green sample is replaced with Tyler's original music and arrangement.
This beautifully composed bridge finds Tyler moving freely among various key signatures, with guitar, strings, keyboard, glockenspiel, vocals, and a heavily filtered drum beat all popping in and out of focus. This is Tyler at his compositional best, displaying his natural gift for orchestration and intuitive, unpredictable approach to harmony. And despite this bridge section rummaging through a number of new key areas and really being a pretty big musical departure from the rest of the song, there's one detail that goes a long way in making this section feel at home. Recall that in our previous discussion of the song's main chord progression, we honed in on its descending chromatic line. Well, the majority of this bridge section is built on descending chromatic lines. It starts with this passage. which contains a four-note chromatic descending line. The part then repeats this descending line with new chords on top of it. And after this, Tyler actually does the inverse, using brief ascending chromatic lines in the bass with various chords on top. This kind of motivic development, where a new section is based on a compositional feature of a previous part, is the kind of stuff that's taught in collegiate-level composition classes, as it allows you to creatively explore different musical territories while maintaining the musical identity of the piece. The way Tyler has taught himself these kinds of musical techniques is a prime example of his intuitive musicianship. While he's always displayed an eclectic variety of musical influences, a critical part of his development has been his ever-improving ability to synthesize those influences into a unified whole. And this bridge section in Are We Still Friends is a microcosm of that evolution. Beyond this, the bridge also serves the song dynamically, bringing it to an extended low point, which by contrast allows the final chorus to feel like an even higher high when it finally punches back in. In this iteration of the chorus, Tyler brings back the Al Green sample, but also adds two additional instruments to increase the dynamic impact of the moment. First, we notice that the gravelly distorted bass now sustains through the entire chorus, really beefing up the musical texture. There's also a high synth playing rapid octave oscillations, adding a bit of controlled chaos. These instruments are a first in a number of new textures that Tyler will add throughout the final stretch of the song, which continues with a new part where his voice takes on a familiar pitched up tone. Tyler begins this new vocal section, Don't Get Green Skin, Keep Contact. The initial play here is on the classic image of a green skin alien, with Tyler requesting that this guy not leave his world, not become a foreign, distant, unknowable stranger. In this reading, Keep Contact becomes a play on the 1997 hit movie Contact about scientists communicating with aliens. The green skin here could also be a nod to the Grinch, the classic green skin grump who isolated himself from society. 
This is especially plausible considering Tyler contributed to the soundtrack of the 2018 remake of The Grinch. Finally, we have to recognize that within the context of Igor, green was specifically used as a symbol for jealousy back on New Magic Wand. Thus, we have to consider the possibility that a second or third layer of green skin here could be a callback to this moment, used to caution himself and or his crush against any jealousy that might arise from seeing each other with different lovers, as that jealousy would jeopardize their potential friendship. Tyler then continues singing, Don't say goodbye, smell you later. It's a phrase that was most popular in the 1990s, and notably used often in the shows The Simpsons, Smell you later! And the theme song for The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. This TV thread then continues into the following line, Nah, I can't. I don't want to end this season on a bad episode. It's a clever way to say you don't want a romance to end poorly, on bad terms, which Tyler of course relates to a TV season you enjoy ending badly, which involuntarily taints your entire experience of the show. Following this passage performed by Tyler, Are We Still Friends continues with the entrance of its final guest, the ever-important Pharrell Williams. Fans of Tyler understand Pharrell's importance to his maturation as an artist and person. On countless occasions, Tyler has publicly characterized him as a father figure he often looked to for guidance both from afar as a developing teenager and later in person as a developing superstar navigating the entertainment industry. I'm like one of the biggest Pharrell nerd Neptunes fans of ever, probably top three. And every year I throw a carnival slash festival where it's rides and skate parks. And we have people like Rick Ross and Kanye and Snoop and whatever. But getting Pharrell there was the biggest achievement of my life, I think. The stories you used to tell me about listening to our albums and then to get to see you have a show and we're out there performing and it's your show. Like that's... That's, Thank you. That means more to me than it does to you. Because I would have died to have that with Q-Tip. Died. You know what I'm saying? But we never did that. And you're a different generation. And uh, I, just, I just love that this generation has its anchor. As long as you keep, you stay where you are and you stay loyal to your beliefs. And secondly, your curiosity. No one can touch you. Throughout this season, we've talked a lot about how the absence of Tyler's biological father may have contributed to his abandonment issues on the album. These issues ultimately led him to becoming his crush's puppet, as he feared that deviating from his servant position would cause the guy to abandon him. Then on the song Puppet, amidst Tyler's lowest emotional moment, it was the paternal mentor figure Kanye West who appeared calling him son, picking Tyler up and setting him back on the correct path. And it would seem that here on Are We Still Friends, Pharrell symbolizes a similar paternal role, entering the album at another moment of apparent weakness, when Tyler is risking his emotional health pleading to be friends. Pharrell's feature is undoubtedly one of the most cryptic lyrical passages of the album, beginning with the line, bouncing off things and you don't know how you fall. There's a recklessness or hyper-clumsiness implied here, likely a comment on Tyler's reckless abandon in his approach to this relationship. The next line develops this further as he sings, Your power is drained, so you cannot go through walls. When paired with the previous line, it evokes imagery of a video game character or a superhero who's lost their powers from exhaustion. It's an unlikely but fitting analogy to Tyler's own state at the end of this relationship, 
Depleting your emotional energy in a relationship can have severe consequences on the rest of your life, and it feels as if Pharrell is warning Tyler that he's at risk of losing his own superpowers at the expense of this guy. The video game analogy continues with, you're caught in this matrix, don't know where you play it, you hate it. It appears Pharrell is comparing the difficulties of navigating this relationship to navigating a matrix, be it the classic films matrix or a generic matrix, which are known for their complex structures. The line could also be read as commenting on life in general, and the confusion and frustration that we all feel at times trying our best to navigate the incomprehensibly complex circumstances of every moment. Pharrell's final line is, it could be your favorite if you make it your friend. With Tyler's clear intentions on this song, it here seems to refer to the guy, and there's a clear goal of progressing from friend to favorite, which in this context likely means something like more than friends. When abstracted, the idea of something becoming your favorite after being friends feels like a general statement on giving yourself a chance to succeed by trying rather than totally giving up and guaranteeing failure. While friends may not be everything Tyler wants from this guy, at least it's something, and it leaves the door open for more in the future. Pharrell's feature and symbolic paternal presence adds to the finality of the album's end. And now, when looking back on Igor's three most prominent features in Playboy Cardi, Ye, and Pharrell, we realize there's a kind of symmetry to their placement. Cardi appears on Earthquake, the album's second track and first traditional song. Recall that we theorized Cardi could be playing the symbolic role of the crush, the one riding with Tyler. Ye's appearance is on Puppet, which sits at the center of the album and was described by Tyler as the low moment of the story and the critical bridge song on the album. Now Pharrell appears at the end of the album, bringing closure and completing the trifecta of symbolic appearances that help characterize Igor's narrative. Now, one of the more challenging things about a climactic song like Are We Still Friends is how to take it to the next level dynamically when you've already reached such a high high. But Tyler finds a way in the final chorus by sampling the seven-minute mark of Al Green's dream. The chords during this section change from the original progression. But like that progression and the bridge progression, these chords are also built on a descending chromatic line. The chords built on this bass line are A minor, A flat major, which is a borrowed chord, and a G major, also a borrowed chord. This last chord is held twice as long as the others, creating an extreme amount of tension. Let's hear the sequence all together and notice how holding the last chord really has us craving resolution. On Are We Still Friends, Tyler raises the stakes even more by adding layers upon layers of vocals, including a harmony section singing Can't Say Goodbye and a long, drawn-out scream which on top of this new progression and beefed up by the distorted Igor bass makes for an extremely cathartic climax. Tyler's cathartic scream here feels like an incredibly appropriate way to end the album, encompassing his passion, frustration, desire, disappointment, and confusion more than words ever could. The pairing of this scream with his final statement, can't say goodbye, seems to make clear that despite his best efforts, Tyler is still wrestling with the resolution of this relationship. 
The peace he claimed to have found on Gon Gon Thank You hasn't sustained him, as he now seems tortured by the fact that he may have lost contact with the guy for good, that his worst fear expressed on the album has been realized. He's been abandoned. Now following this climactic moment in the song, Are We Still Friends winds down with a brief outro in which the final chord rings out, and that familiar distorted synthesizer returns to play one final note alone before the album ends somewhat abruptly. As we've pointed out all season, the distorted bass has appeared in some fashion on every single song on Igor. It's perhaps the single most important and consistent musical thread that brings sonic unity across the entire project, despite the album having a diverse range of styles and genres. And of course, Tyler made clear the significance of this instrument immediately in the album's opening moments, beginning Igor with nearly 30 seconds of a single note played on a distorted synthesizer. It's no coincidence that Tyler chose to start and end the album with the same instrument sustaining a single note. We can perhaps think about it like a film that starts and ends with the same or similar shot, a technique known as bookending. For example, David Fincher's Gone Girl opens with a close-up of a woman's face who appears to be looking endearingly at her husband. The story of the film then unfolds, and it turns out that the woman is deeply troubled, as she fakes her kidnapping, frames her husband, and eventually inseminates herself with his stored semen to trap him in marriage. The film then ends with a near-identical shot to the first, the same close-up of the woman's face, only now with the context of the story, instead of perceiving her expression as endearing, we perceive it as deranged. This kind of bookending can be extremely effective because not only does it create a feeling of closure, of things coming full circle and returning to its start, it can also in just two shots display just how a character has changed by the result of their journey. And this is the way we might think about the start and end of Igor. The distorted bass, Igor's central instrument, begins the album energized with strength, command, confidence, and perhaps even optimism. By the end, this same instrument sounds noticeably flat, depleted, and unenergized. The notable difference in the synth tone at the album's start versus its end is the perfect musical reflection of Tyler's character arc we've experienced over the course of this album. From riding around town with his crush and in love, to being alone, exhausted, feeling abandoned, and unsettled by the thought of this person being gone from his life forever. But as some of you may have noticed, while the album starts and ends with the same instrument holding a single note, the note itself is not the same. The album begins with an E-flat and ends with a B-flat. And this is where things get really interesting. To understand why, we have to do a quick sidebar to cover one of the most fundamental aspects of Western music theory, the cadence. A cadence is the end of a musical phrase where the melody or harmony creates a sense of resolution or completion. There's a number of ways to execute a cadence or resolution, but the most common way is harmonically, through the use of chords. Listen to the following sequence of chords and focus on how you feel when you hear the final chord. It feels complete, right? Like you feel comfortable with things ending here. That's because it ended with a cadence, which provides harmonic resolution, the musical equivalent of a period at the end of a properly written sentence. Specifically, the cadence we just heard is what's called an authentic cadence, which contains two main ingredients, a dominant chord and a tonic chord. 
The dominant chord is the chord with the most tension in a key signature, while the tonic chord is the most stable chord, which is why it's also known as the home chord. The authentic cadence is when the dominant chord of tension is resolved by the tonic chord of rest or stability. Let's hear the chord sequence again, and I'll call out the dominant and tonic chords. Dominant, tonic. To further display the tension of the dominant chord, let's hear this same progression, only this time I won't play the tonic chord of resolution. Can you feel that unresolved tension? It's uncomfortable, right? I always compare this to the feeling you get right before you sneeze, but the sneeze never comes. This is what happens when a cadence is left incomplete. It's the musical equivalent of a sentence without a period or ending a story with a question mark. Now the chord progression we hear throughout Are We Still Friends contains a cadence, specifically what's called a minor plagal cadence. It's not as strong as the authentic cadence we just heard, as it uses what's called a subdominant chord. As the name implies, a subdominant chord contains some tension, but not as much as the dominant chord. Let's hear Are We Still Friends' chord progression, and I'll call out the cadence, the move from the subdominant chord to the tonic or home chord. Subdominant, tonic. All right, so let's hear the progression again, only this time I won't play the tonic chord at the end, and we'll leave it hanging on the subdominant chord. Again, not a satisfying feeling, right? We're craving that tonic chord to resolve things, to complete the cadence. And this is precisely what's happening at the end of Are We Still Friends? After the big buildup and climax, we get the tonic chord of F major. But instead of ending the song here on this cadence and letting that tonic chord ring out like it should, Tyler surprisingly has the synthesizer move to a B flat, which is that final note we hear on the album. This implies the subdominant chord, the chord of tension, the chord that wants to resolve. Tonic. Subdominant. While Tyler, by his own admission, is not fluent in music theory, he clearly has incredible musical intuition. I have no doubt he understood that he was ending the song, and effectively the album, unresolved. In the same way starting and ending the album with the same instrument reflected the narrative arc of Igor's journey, leaving the song and album unresolved reflects the thematic ending of Are We Still Friends? Because think about even this title, Are We Still Friends? It's a question. Tyler is asking, longing even, to be friends with this guy. But in the song, his question goes unanswered. Like the lack of musical resolution, Tyler at the end of the song and album is unresolved emotionally. He has not reached a place of full stability. His final words on the album are quite literally, can't say goodbye. In this way, leaving the song and album unresolved at its end is a perfect musical reflection of the end of its story, as we too are left without resolution, left to guess whether or not Tyler ended up salvaging a friendship with the guy, left to guess if he ever truly found peace. Remember how I mentioned that the synth note that starts the album in E flat is different from the note that ends the album, a B flat. And do you also remember how I explained the authentic cadence, the harmonic move from the dominant chord of tension to the tonic chord of resolution? 
Well, guess what the tonal relationship is between B-flat and E-flat? It's dominant to tonic. The final unresolved note of Are We Still Friends is resolved if you start the album over. Igor, the album and its story, is a narrative and musical loop. Because exactly what you run from, you end up chasing. and narrative implications of this grand revelation are many. We'll cover all of those, recap Igor's central motifs, analyze the cover art, and draw some final conclusions on our season finale next time on Dissect. This episode of Dissect was written by Camden Ostrander and me. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell a friend about the show or share on social media and tag at Dissect Podcast. It really helps. Limited Season 10 merchandise can be purchased at DissectPodcast.com. Audio editing by Kevin Pooler. Song recreations by Andrew Atwood. Theme music by Bureaucratic. All right. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you next week.